HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Well, hello. Welcome to All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer, and it is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. And this is our 376th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, my guest is an outstanding executive chef and restaurateur who has an essential restaurant on Manhattan's Upper West Side, where we are on location today. And I will introduce him fully in a moment. For my regular listeners, just to note, I am rescheduling my show with JP and Elliot Park, the husband and wife team and owners of Neon Hospitality, which includes Automix. We were planning for the beginning of this year and uh, due to some travel, we are going to find another date. So stay tuned for that. And today, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to be essential. Let's live our lives with meaning and purpose and make it known through our words and actions that we are indispensable assets to the world. Let's lead by example and showcase qualities that are admirable and will earn respect, always acting with dignity and pride. We are all unique individuals with something to offer, so let's get in the game and show our value and worth, as essentially, we are all essential, and that's essential. That's my tip today. Okay, so I'm so excited to be on location. I love my on-location shows. And today I am on the Upper West Side, and I am with Christoph Belanca. 
He's the executive chef and owner of Essential by Christoph, his Michelin-starred debut restaurant on New York City's Upper West Side, where he's embraced an a la carte menu inspired by his classical French training, serving dishes he loves to cook, eat, and share with others. Before opening Essential by Christoph, Christoph worked in some of the world's most prestigious restaurants over his distinguished career, including as the culinary director for Joël Rubichon USA, overseeing the teams at L'Atelier de Joël Rubichon in New York and Miami, and Le Club in New York. He was responsible for carrying on Chef Rubichon's legacy after his passing while moving the restaurants forward and mentoring the next generation of culinary talent. And there's a lot more in his bio, but I'm going to let him tell his story. Uh, without further ado, hi, Christoph. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon, Shari. Good afternoon. It is so lovely to be here. And I mean, I have to say, we're at my table. Yes. This is, this is like, I don't know if my name is somewhere <laughs> in the back cushion, but um, this is where I sat when I came in for yeah, exactly. a fantastic solo dining experience. So thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat and hear your story. So why don't you take us back a bit to how you got into the industry? Like, when did you know you wanted to be a chef? Okay, so um, <clears throat> when I, uh, basically, I, I started to cook when I was 40 years old. And um, so uh, I did uh, l'école hôtelière of Tan Hermitage uh, in, a Drôme, uh, in a Drôme area in France. After that, <clears throat> I started to be, uh, to cook as a professional chef in a restaurant when I was 16 and a half years old, a restaurant La Mervité in Lyon. In, in Lyon. In Lyon, in Lyon, yeah. was the, the brasserie open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, nice. So, I've been to Lyon once. Uh, yeah? Yeah, lovely. Uh, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a fantastic to work on this type of restaurant just after the school. And, uh, I mean, I learned a lot. I stayed over there for a little bit more than two years. So, for me, it was very nice. After that, I did the army, and after that, I start uh, I start to um, to work on a Michelin star restaurant because I want to I want to learn from this type of restaurant. So I stay probably two years. I worked two years for Georges Blanc in Vonas. Nice three Michelin star. Yeah. And after that, you know, at this period when you start when you start with Mr. Blanc, after two years, Mr. Blanc. Um, help you to go somewhere else. So after that, I, I was at La Pyramide, two Michelin star in Vienne for two and a half years, I believe, yeah. After that, I moved to Geneva, work on two Michelin star, the domaine de Châteauvieux. Same thing, two years and a half, three years. After that, go back to France, work at Régis Marcon, three Michelin star. And for three years or so, and after that, I was um, sous-chef for Anne-Sophie Pic in Valence. Yes, I know, I know these star. names. Yes, yeah, yes. Three Michelin star for seven years. I believe I stayed with her for seven years. And we're still a uh, very good friend. I'm, I'm still very good friend with all the people yeah. that I worked for in the past, of course. And still in touch with everybody. But with Anne-Sophie, it was uh, was very um, interesting experience because it was the first woman chef I worked for. And she had the unbelievable sensibility. She has the very different way to see how to cook. And for me, it was like exceptional experience. 
And I decide after seven years to um, take a chef position and to be to do my own food, to find my uh, my style, which is very difficult to find your own style when you work for so many years for so many chefs. And of course, uh, so I find uh, I find a restaurant uh, in Los Angeles, L'Orangerie in Los Angeles, was yes. one of the more famous restaurants, French restaurant in Los Angeles. So the owner, Mr. and uh, Madame Ferry, give me like I can call the white card, like I can do my own food. So I was 30, 30, 32 years old. So basically, I, I came in America when I was 32 years old in 2004, basically. And I start to do my own food. I start to do, I create my own menu. So it was a fantastic experience. Did you feel moving to the U.S. would give you that opportunity to do your own food? Or or you just were ready for a change? Like, why, why come to the U.S.? Why come to the U.S.? Honestly, all my life was... I never calculate anything. It was one day I received a phone call from the chef owner of La Pyramide, knows the owner of L'Orangerie, and asked me if I would be interesting to move in Los Angeles yeah. to be a chef at L'Orangerie. Okay. It was, so it was an opportunity came your it way. Was, it was yeah. just this opportunity. And I said, why not? I spoke with Anne-Sophie Peake. And I mean, it took me six months basically to decide. So I don't take the position in two weeks, you know. Yeah. So so I move in uh, I move in LA 2004, I believe October 2004, and uh, and Orangerie. So I stayed two and a half years at Orangerie, and Orangerie closed after two and a, after 27 years. Wow. The owner yeah. sold the building and so sold the restaurant, and um, <clears throat> I was always in touch with Thomas Keller because Tom, I meet Thomas Keller in Valence. Long time ago, when he wanted to sell up his kitchen at Perse, he came in Valence to see the way we sell up our kitchen, like the yeah, equ equipment, well. equipment. So we always stay in touch with Thomas. I always stay in touch with Thomas. He invited me to the French Laundry for the weekend. So he's one of the very good friends. And um, Thomas called me, knows L'Orangerie will be closed, and asked me if I, if I want to move in New York. I say, oh, why not? Why? And he proposed me the position to be the executive chef at Le Cirque at this time, when Sirio was there. Right, When yeah. Sirio Mar okay. Marchini and the yeah. son was there. I've been in New York since 98, so I know a little of the, the history yeah. of that here. And so, okay, continue on. So Le Cirque was the big deal, was the beautiful restaurant. Daniel Boulou was the chef on the pass. So, I mean, the clientele. And why I say yes, because the clientele at Le Cirque, match the clientele at uh, L'Orangerie. We are the same clientele. Mm -hmm. Same clientele. Same type of clientele. Right. And, um, <clears throat> of course, Sirio, um, I mean, I was, a, I did like two, three testing, and my food match with the restaurant also and with the customer. So, for me, it was the big challenge at this time because my English was very bad. Uh, after, still, after two years in Los Angeles, all the team in LA was French, so my English was so-so. So I moved in New York, and in New York, Le Cirque was a big restaurant. Open lunch, dinner, six mm -hmm. days a week, busy all the time. So for me, it was all this was challenging in the beginning. And uh, But I had a beautiful relation with Sirio. I tried to listen uh, what he wants, because Sirio was, the, for me, was one of the, the legend restaurateurs in America. So after one year, we get lucky. We get uh, the beautiful review on the New York Times from Frank Bruni. 
he gave us three stars, New York Times. So, I mean, was, the Cirque was a beautiful experience, basically. After that, I understand if I want to stay in America, I need to learn something different than just the fine dining. And I was lucky to meet Laurent Tourandel. At this time, Laurent Tourandel run BLT Group. And he opened all these steakhouse, uh, burger place, fish restaurant, BLT Fish, BLT Prime, BLT Steak, BLT Burger. Oh, yeah, there were and, a lot um, of them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was, uh, it was time for me to learn something different than just the fine dining because I don't want to have a sticker on the top of my head. Just Christophe Belanca knows how to do only fine dining. I want to, I want to learn how to open the restaurant. I want to open, how to open the burger place, how to open the steakhouse. I mean, it's right, all interesting. Right. So Laurent Tourandel gave me this opportunity to work for him and to learn all this process, to learn how to open the burger place. I mean, it's, it's not because you work on a three Michelin star, it's easy to open the burger place. You know, you need to be very humble. And yeah. so I learned all these things with Laurent Tourandel because Laurent is a fantastic chef also. So I stayed two and a half years, three years with him. And after Joël Robuchon asked me to be the chef for him at the Four Seasons Hotel in New York when he had the l'atelier uh, Joël Robuchon at the Four Seasons. So Amazing resume. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the opportunity. I cannot, uh, I mean, work for the best chef in yeah. the world. And for me, I know Mr. Robuchon from 1986, from JAMA. I mean, he's a legend chef. And yeah. for me to represent this legend in New York was unbelievable. So I take the, the position. And, uh, uh, and so we had l'atelier Joël Robuchon at the Four Seasons. And of course, <laughs> close after I don't know how many years. And we, so after that, I continue to work for Mr. Robuchon, but not in New York because we don't have the restaurant in New York. It takes us five years to open the new l'atelier Joël Robuchon in New York. So for five years, I was with Mr. Robuchon. I mean, one week in Vegas, one week in Macao, one week in Hong Kong, one week in Paris, one week in Bordeaux, in Monte Carlo. So I travel with him. Amazing. And Good on the miles. same time, yeah, on the same time, <laughs> uh, we prep the new opening in New York. Yeah. So finally, we, 2000, uh, 2017, I believe, yeah, we reopened l'atelier Joël Robuchon in New York. And uh, Mr. Robuchon was there. And... Um, Unfortunately, six months after the opening, Mr. Robichon passed. Yeah. So, uh, and we all know people uh, look at us more because when the chef like this passed, they want to see if we can keep the quality, of course. So we work very, very hard. And um, after 12 months, the Michelin gave us two Michelin stars at l'atelier Joel Robichon, New York, and one Michelin star at Le Grill, Joel Robichon, uh, New York. It's amazing. So it was a beautiful accomplishment and, uh, for Mr. Robichon. And also, because he was not with us anymore, but for us, it was very important to to yeah. accomplish that. Yeah, it's a, it's wonderful. And I, I, I did dine there more than once, um, mm -hmm. the New York one. Um, beautiful restaurant. Uh, so, but that that is a huge accomplishment. And just I just wanted to go back a second, just with Thomas Keller. Yeah. Did he just refer you yeah. to Le Cirque? Okay, yeah. that's what it was. So, yeah, yeah. yeah and um, yeah, and I've I've. I've met Thomas before. I don't know him as well as you, but I had him yeah. on my show when he had the tack room. We did an interview like oh, this yeah. um, and it was wonderful chatting with him. But yeah, so it was a referral from him. Yeah. Okay. Thomas um, is, yeah. a, is a gentleman. When I need to make some decision, usually I ask him his opinion. 
Yeah, well, it's a good person to get uh, an opinion from. (laughs) And, uh, you know, in New York, uh, I'm very close with uh, Eric Ripper also. Yeah, another good person. Yes, yes. I mean, look, and something I forget to say, but when I arrive in New York, when I take the position at Le Cirque, the chef, uh, the chef called me and invited me to take a coffee to welcome me in New York was Eric Ripper. So he's a gentleman. You're in good company. He welcomed me in New York. <laughs> he gave me a lot of advice. He gave me a lot of very good phone number for the provider, which is doesn't need to, but he did. Mm-hmm. So he opened his heart to me. And uh, I will never forget that. And we're still in touch. Uh, like he come yeah. here, he come here like three or four times already. And uh, we spoke about, uh, not just about cooking, we spoke about many different things, you know? Yeah. So, uh Eric is one of the important guys for me in America and Thomas Keller also. Yes. Yes, yes. They're both legendary chefs who've, uh, there's a reason they're at the level they're at. And and with you, same, like your experience, your background, places you've worked and and, uh, I mean, the amount of Michelin stars is is pretty incredible. When did you get the inkling that you wanted to open your own place? Was it something maybe that you thought of like a long time ago that one day I will eventually have my own restaurant or yeah. is sort of you know, more recently? No, 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 no. Uh, <clears throat> when uh, probably 10 years ago, I take a coffee with Alain Ducasse at Benoit. Alain Ducasse was in New York. And we take a coffee together at Benoit, the bar. And we, speak, we spoke about cooking. We spoke about what's happened now and... After one hour or two hours, I don't remember, we take a coffee and I say, I, I love the name Essential because a couple of times in the discussion, we spoke about what is Essential about cooking. And I say, I love the name Essential. And right here, I protect the name. I say, if one day, if one day I open the restaurant, I will call this restaurant Essential. And after years and years and years and years, I work for Mr. Robuchon. And to be honest, if Mr. Robuchon will be on live today, yeah. I will probably still work for him. Yeah. In New York or somewhere else, I will probably still work for him. But he's no more here. Right. COVID happened at l'atelier. Mm-hmm. COVID happened, Mr. Robuchon is no more here. We never reopened l'atelier, which I love the space. And I mean, this location... Some, somehow, one of the customers at l'atelier love what I well, love what we do at l'atelier, and um, I have a very good um, feeling with this person. And ask me if I want to open my restaurant in New York. I say, why not? So we see this location, and good thing I don't listen what people say because people say, oh, Upper West Side is difficult. Da, 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 da. But in the end of the day, I love the space. I love Upper West Side, and I, I analyze live in Upper West Side, and I say maybe it would be good to open the restaurant here to be uh, for the neighbor and also destination. Yeah. And because I want to be affordable, I want to cook for everybody, you know. For many, many years I cook and for different types of people, but uh, you know, you need to spend a lot of money to sometimes to, to go to the restaurant I used to work for before. Here, I want to be affordable. I want to people have a good experience and to be also very reasonable over the price. So, so we see this location, and uh, me and my partner, we love the location. We love the space. 
and we decide to, to do it, you know? I have only one partner. Yeah, who's uh, Adrian, right? Or no? No, 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 oh, okay. no he's not Adrian. <laughs> no, he's, okay. a, he's a financial partner. Yeah. Okay, you have a financial silence. partner. Yeah, silence partner. Got it. Yeah. So, but, well, I'm throwing out his name. Adrian Falcon? Is he's he... no more with us. Oh, he's not with you anymore? No, no, no. Okay. no, 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 no. He's going to do his own thing. <laughs> Good to know. When I came for dinner, he was a manager. Yeah, manager. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, we, Michelle, she's here now. Michelle, she's a GM now. Yes. With me. And uh, I mean, we have a good, uh, good relation. And uh, yeah, that's it. Wonderful. So I always say on this show, pronunciation isn't my strongest point, but I say essential. And the way you say it is sounds so much sexier than Frenchy. me. Frenchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I can give you the... Like, because I, I was... a. I have a doubt, you know, you have always, I always have a doubt to everything. My, I want to do better every day, food, blah, blah, blah. I have a doubt. And in my head, I have a doubt about the name, like a couple of months before we opened. Because, you know, I spoke with some people, and, oh, maybe the name is not. Uh-huh. And one day, one day I take a coffee with Jean-Georges, Jean which is an exceptional guy also. Yeah, yeah. Eric, Jean-Georges, Gabriel Kruger. So I tell you why after. So, I take a coffee with him. He said, Christophe, keep the first, keep the first, keep the first idea you have in your mind. Don't change anything. It's a fantastic name. So we call this one Essential by Christophe. Yeah. I like the name and it's original. Yeah. And the way you say it is, uh, yeah, <laughs> as I said, sounds uh, yeah. a little nicer than when I do. But um, yeah, these chefs you're naming are, they're, they're all very accomplished, and a couple of them are in my book. I have a book out called oh, Chefwise, yeah. and Eric prepares in it, and John George is in it, and so I felt very honored to to have these yeah. these chefs collaborate with me. Um, you know what? When when the COVID happened, this is where you see COVID happened. Everybody closed the restaurant, and of course, Eric called me just to see how I'm doing. Jean George, Gabriel. Okay, and you know when we. I was just the chef at L'Atelier Jean Robuchon, but when yeah. you close, you close. You, nobody knows what's going on, you know, when the COVID happened. And they all, all take time to call me, to take a coffee with me, to, oh, what, what are you going to do? Christophe, stay in New York, you know, because, you know, you, I have some opportunity to go back to Paris, to take care of a big uh, palace in Paris. But Gabriel said, no, Christophe, we need you in New York. Stay in New York, you know? And um, so, yeah, and if... I'm here today is because also the support of this uh, chef. No, because they are French, because they are a good person also. You know? yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. It is, it's beyond being yeah. able to, to cook. It's, yeah. it's your personality and who you are and yeah. your integrity and just yeah. being a good person. And yeah, yeah these chefs that, yeah. that you're friendly with who support you are, are those people, which, which says to your also. credibility as well, yeah. who you are. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't have too many friends. But <laughs> Laurent Tourandel is part, Jean-Georges, Gabriel, Eric, Daniel. You it's know? about quality, not quantity. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but this, so this space, I, I recall coming here when it was Dovetail. Um, I think it was Leonti after that. It was, um, yeah. you really changed it up. Um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's modern, but very comfortable. It's light, and yeah. uh, I, well, you can describe it better than me. But it's very. It's like it's a, even though I'd been in the space before. I remember mm. when I walked in, I was like, mm. "Oh, this it's like a mm. totally new, fresh restaurant," mm. um, and I love the way it's set up. So when we get the space, 
my question, I ask myself, how I will accomplish what I have in me, like inside, how I will put in this dining room. Not just about the food. The food was the easy part, but it was the new job for me. Contractor, architect, designer. And New York is very difficult to find the right contractor, right architect, right designer. And yes, Adrien Falcon was here at the time. And of very important help, huge help. I mean, he, yeah. did, he did a fantastic job also. I mean, he set up the stress store. He still worked with us a little bit, but he's going to open his own place. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's going to open his, his own place. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to be one of the... He yeah. worked on something very nice also. Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. met him when I was here, and I yeah, knew yeah. his background. He's yeah, yeah, been he's, with like Balthazar, Keith McNally. Yes, but bit. he's one of the most... Uh, before Balthazar, before everything, is one of the best, I believe, in America and also in France. Uh, sommelier is the master, you know, yeah. wine. And uh, and you work on a beautiful project. Will be open, I hope, uh, in 2024. For him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay yeah. tuned. Yeah, so, but before he do his own project, he helped me here. Yeah. So he helped me to set up this restaurant because he knows a lot of things I don't know and I know a lot of, so it was a good, um, was a good team, was a good team. So he find for me the right architect because he write for he find for me the right contractor, right and honest also, <laughs> and also my idea for the design because I want to put what I love. I don't want to take the famous designer because the famous designer design the way they want. So my friend was the interior designer. She do a lot of beautiful apartments in New York, Caroline. And uh, I work with her every day. She listened to me a lot. And she put my vision in a dining room, basically. So I have decided, I see this table in Singapore with a letter on the top. So we find the way to do this in New York. So she designed with my desire, basically. You have good taste. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and she has a good taste also. She has yeah. a good taste, but it's a combination. Yeah. She she proposed me a lot of different things, like the banquet. We changed six times the banquet before. I like the banquet. And Adria and I, we love Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. So we we put some uh, some beautiful picture of Bruce Springsteen, Rolling Stone. Uh, yeah, so yeah. we designed the restaurant the way we love. And and this is, yeah, this is uh, yeah. not from... Uh, famous designer, and uh, yeah, I have this vision, and um, the designer listened to my vision and accomplished probably better than what I was thinking. Yeah, no, it's it's very, I would say, it's elegant, but it's comfortable. It's lovely. I don't know. I might just make this my office for the rest of the day, just stay here mm -hmm. and wait for dinner service. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and but... it's probably why people like to come back, because they feel, I call it essential also, essential because I want to remove what I don't like anymore. I want to remove the stuffy service. I want to remove the tablecloths. I want to remove all these things when I go to the restaurant, I don't like anymore. After 35 years, 36 years in the restaurant business, this is why I call this restaurant essential because I just want to put what I love and I want to remove what I don't like anymore. I love that. That's this great. is why I call essential. Yeah. On the design, on the service plan, Adrien did a fantastic job with Michel to set up this step of service. What is important, what is not important. I mean, when I go to the restaurant, 
I like when I have my bread, uh, not just with my meat or my feet. I like when I have my bread on the beginning of the dinner, you know, I like my butter. I like to sit down on the banquet. I like to, I don't like to have a server behind me every two seconds to ask me if it's good or no, you know. I, so we put everything I like and we remove everything I don't like anymore. So this is why we call essential. And about the food is the same also, you know, I, I, I focus on the quality of ingredients, seasoning, execution, which is way more difficult than to mix 25 ingredients in one plate. So the name is not just the name of the restaurant, it's also the philosophy of the restaurant. You know, it's um, the way we run the restaurant also. We try to go to the, what is essential. The way we treat the people also. The way people, the way we treat the people here, I mean, look, we have no turn turnover from day one. We open for 14 months. We are like almost no turnover. That almost. says a lot. Yeah. Almost no turnover. It's very important for us. I mean, I set up the restaurant where I would love to work. So, uh, and it's very important. The human part for me is very important. Yeah, no, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, restaurants, it's about the food, but it's about the ambiance and the service, the hospitality. It's about how people make you feel. I, I, the more I dine out, the more I... Atmosphere. And just how, how like, customer service or hospitality, the warmth of, of a staff and team, mm. um, it makes such a difference, such you know? A... In my opinion, it's like the make or break of whether you really want to go back to this restaurant, how people make you mm. feel, um, it, regardless if, you know, the food is exceptional. Um, I, but I think you need it all. So Hospitality is not on the menu, but this restaurant, the concept of this, this restaurant is good service, good food, and a lot of hospitality. Yes. Because I got that when I was here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I go to the restaurant, if I have fantastic service, fantastic food, but no hospitality, very cold hospitality, I'm not sure I will come back. But if yeah. I have a fantastic hospitality, okay service and okay, okay food, I will come back. But the... <laughs> The goal here is to have a fantastic service, fantastic food, and unbelievable hospitality. And this is why also, I mean, we try to f treat people like they come to our home. Like every day I receive a text, text message tonight, we have some customer, table of three, the guy has one of the guests, and you know, I, I take all the leftover wood, the block, and we put the first name here, we put the first name on the Oh, wood. that's a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that extra mile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure tonight, that makes people feel yeah, really yeah, yeah. And special. Yeah, because people come a couple times a month here. Yeah. And uh, they have the first name on the wood where you put the spoon and they feel good, you know. And, and yeah, that's lovely. Our, uh, yeah, that's yeah, it's really that's special. What Talk a little more about your menu some more, your cuisine, because... When I came, I was here for the summer. You yeah. were doing a special summer tasting menu. Yeah. How often are you changing the menu? And are you doing a la carte and tasting menu or only a la carte? No, now no, we, we turn this restaurant as a, a, like a prefix. We have like three options, but people okay. can create, people create their own menu, basically. If they want to take three courses, four courses, seven courses, they create. I like that. I everyone's like yeah, yeah. appetites a little different or how exactly. much food they want yeah. and their preferences yeah the last thing i want to create here is the testing menu restaurant i don't want that i don't want okay you sit down you have your head course you have my expert my uh, 
my uh, testing menu. No. When people sit down, because I don't like that anymore. When people sit down, they want to take two courses, no problem. They want to take three courses, no problem. Four courses, no problem. Ten courses also, no problem. If you sit down here, you want to have the burger from the bar? 99% of the time, I'm going to say yes. I wouldn't have your burger. I haven't yeah. had that yet. Yeah. If you want to have the penne lobster pasta from the bar, if you have the kids on yeah. the table, I will say yes. But people sit down on the bar also. If you want to have, a, if they want to have a testing menu, no problem. Two courses, no problem. So I like flexibility. And you know why I like, I learned flexibility when I was at the Cirque. Because Cirio understand flexibility. Mm -hmm. If I act in America the way I used to act in France in 2000, no one will come on, on this restaurant. In America, and I think 2023, 24, you need to be flexible. You need to do what the people want also. People want to have a venison well done. I will be, I will do it if this is what they want. You know, I recommend the opposite, <laughs> but you know, we, I'm yeah. here for the customer, right. basically. I'm here for the customer. So the way I create the menu, <clears throat> first I work on a protein, like, we do also a lot of vegetables here, but the high quality of the main ingredient. High quality of the main ingredient. And after every dish, we have a special sauce. We work a lot on the sauce. The sauce for me is very important. Quality of the protein, the fish or the meat or the vegetable, and the sauce, because the sauce will make the dish together. Like the, and here is one of the focus is the sauce. And wow. also the vegetable, yeah. the, the garnish, but uh, yeah, the quality of the ingredient is the is the is the is the what is the most important. Yeah, yeah. you also have beautiful presentations. Yeah, it's a sensibility like, after. This is the ultimate experience for dining. Um, yeah, it's the sensibility. You know, I, I try to show my sensibility on every plate we put out. Yeah, so how are you finding it? How do you enjoy being the owner and the chef versus just being the chef? I mean, of course, we have more responsibility. We live by example. So, you know, I'm, look, I'm, I'm here every day before everybody and I'm living after You're probably everybody. doing that before. <laughs> yes, probably also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you, I mean, it seems like you're at the, the place you should be or want to be and it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing like that you're, that you have this fantastic resume of places you've worked over your career. And now you've, you've put all the essential elements yeah. into your own place. Yeah. Um, but I think it is different having that responsibility of, yeah. of management versus, yeah. you know, responsible for the food, even though yeah. I know you were very high level at the restaurants you were working with. But you know, the, in 20 years in New York, we, like I include all the chefs I spoke before, we saw a lot of people come in New York and want to show New York what they, what they do and want to be a chef in New York. And, but all these people disappear quickly. To be a chef in New York, to stay here for 20 years is not easy. No. After that, to open you, your own restaurant is not easy. So, no, it's so, not. It's extremely hard. A um, lot of competition, a lot of pressure also from the journalists, from the customer, from competition. So, 
yeah, to accomplish that is, uh, yes, it's nice. It's nice, but I always look the future. I never look what I did on the past. So um, every day we try to do better and better and better and better and better, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's to wonderful. Improve. Yeah. To, to improve the quality of food, to improve the hospitality, to improve everything. So, yeah. So before we take a break, I have two more questions. One is... How important are accolades or awards to you, like getting Michelin star? Is that something is a goal or is it more you just do your job and you know that when you do the best you're going to do, you might receive recognition? Or are you going for, like, I, I want to be a Michelin star restaurant, if you get uh, that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I get I get I get I get I think the more important for me is to be honest with my staff, to be honest with my customer, to come here every day and to do what we do the best we can. And we do this for 14 months now. And of course, after 10 months, the Michelin gave us one star Michelin. So it was a beautiful accomplishment. Yes, congratulations. For the, for the whole team. And for the, I mean, it makes people feel good when you get some award like this. We don't come here every day to run after the Michelin, or to run after the New York Times, or to run after, we don't come here every day. We come here every day to make customers happy and to make staff happy also. I want the people who work here be happy and I want the customer be happy. If all this award come, it's fantastic. Yes. Today to have a postcard with you, it's fantastic. It's recognition also from you. And that's it. You know, I mean, honestly, I don't, we don't run after all these things. We just want to make the, the people happy. Yeah. And this is all natural. And all this award will, will come in the future. But we just need to be patient and to do the job with honesty. That's it. Yes, I love that. Okay, and my final question before a break is, What's your top advice for inspiring young cooks or people who might want to be a chef? Because yeah, I have this book out, Chef Wise, about chef advice. So I want to know, like, what's your number one chef advice? I mean, I'm going to tell you what I say in uh, Mon Montreal a couple of years ago to all the, the students. Never stop to be curious. Never stop to be curious. Because if you're not curious, you go nowhere. And of course, on the restaurant, the kitchen restaurant industry, you need to love this industry. Because if you don't love this, this industry, you're going to be miserable for all your life. Yes, and, and that's something I've, I've heard many times, and I think it's, it, it, it makes sense, and it's yeah. true. Yeah, you got to love it to, to do it, be passionate yeah, about it. What makes me feel good, after, I mean, look, after many hours a week, almost 100 hours a week, to see my guests, happy in the end of the night to make to spoke with them in the dining room to see them happy to make sure they have a beautiful evening this one make me happy and the staff to see the staff happy enjoy to work here yeah. make me happy and this these two things remove all the hour we do basically I work in the kitchen for 36 years now and Yes, sometimes it's difficult, but I love what I do, like from the day one. 
I'm still love what I do now. Yeah. No, I can tell. You, yes. 2024. Yeah. But it's not easy. A lot of sacrifice, yes. But nothing is perfect in life, you know? No. <laughs> but um, yes, on that note, let's take a little break and we'll come back. We'll play my speed round, talk some industry news. I'm a Solidine experience in the final question. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush green hills of Wisconsin bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer, and my guest today is Christoph Belanca. He's the executive chef and owner of Michelin-starred Essential by Christoph, which is his debut restaurant on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, where we were on location. Okay, so Christoph, it's time for my speed round. <laughs> This is a game. <laughs> Speed round game. So what this is, is I'm going to name a couple things and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant? Um. Indoor dining or alfresco dining? I don't understand. Uh, sitting indoors at a restaurant or sitting outside on a patio? On, Depends on the weather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one I added to the game during the pandemic. <laughs> okay. Depends on the weather, but if... Uh, we only had the choice to eat outside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's tr- that I would I would agree with you on that. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? Mocktail first, champagne after. Okay, nice. <laughs> Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Medium plate. (laughs) Medium plates. I don't even know if anyone said that. Maybe one person at some point. I'm trying to. I love, I love. Yeah. It's always this game. I've been playing it now for a while, but it's always original (laughs) every time. Um, Okay. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef counter. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Having an open kitchen to work in or a closed kitchen? I love open kitchen. I mean, at Robuchon, we we have a beautiful open kitchen. I remember that, yeah. And I like the... Why I like open kitchen? Because I like the connection with the guest. I like the connection with the customer. And the open kitchen makes you have the connection very easy. With the customer. Yeah. Here at Essential, I mean, I did because I 
and the kitchen is downstairs because it was downstairs and that's it. But open kitchen to the dining room is always very good. Nice. Yeah. And I love a chef's counter at an yeah. open kitchen. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, it's nice. But um, <coughs> yeah, and it's so much more common now yes. than it was back in the day. I mean, Mr. Robuchon uh, created this concept. Give him credit. Yeah. I yeah. Give him credit. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay. A few more. Springsteen or Rolling Stones? Springsteen. Well, I had to give you one, like, easy one, like, super easy. I I'm a big fan. I thought you were going to do that. I'm a big fan, too. I've seen him a couple of times in concert. Mm, You've uh, probably seen him more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Ta-da. That's the game. Thank you. <laughs> that was fun. Okay. So... From my industry news segment, I picked out a couple articles that are all about The Bear, the show on FX, um, winning lots of awards recently. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the first article I have is the New York Times. The Bear wins best comedy at the Golden Globes. It stars Jeremy Allen White and Ayo Edaberry, also won for their acting roles. And this was by Alexis Solosky and Christopher and that came out on the 7th of January. And that was the Golden Globes, which aired that night. It was the 81st annual ceremony of that. And then I have the Hollywood Reporter, Critics' Choice Awards. It went to Oppenheimer, Barbie, The Bear, Beef Win Big. And this was by Beatrice Verhoen. And this was the 29th Critics' Choice Awards that um, was more recent. And The Bear won the best comedy. And actors Jeremy Allen White and Ayo Edberry and Eben Mas Barak all took home acting prizes as well. And then the final one I have that just came out, USA Today, Emmy winners list, The Bear, Succession win, and The Last of Us, Ted Lasso shut out by Edward Sagara. And this, The Bear got six awards, including the best comedy. So are you familiar with the show, The Bear? No, sorry. <laughs> now you are a little more. Um, so this is this is a show that came out on FX, and they moved the Emmys. The Emmys were supposed to be, I think, in September, but because of the writers and actors' strike, they just had it last night. Um, and I watched some of the acceptance speeches when I got home. But the Bear is this. It's a show. It's about chef who takes over his family's restaurant. Well, a chef who's working at a restaurant like 11 Madison Park. That is the one actually they use in the in the show. Um, and goes home, his brother has passed and he's left with the restaurant and he's taking over this. It's like the original beef of Chicagoland. So it's sandwich shop. And it's the story of him taking over this restaurant and about family and about team. And it's really well done. It's winning a lot of awards, which shows that. So I don't know your take at all on like TV shows or movies that have shown restaurants or have you watched or do you have any opinion no, the, of? The first, I think the when I came in America, what I watched on the TV was Emeril. Yeah. Emeril. Bam. Bam, bam. <laughs> and <clears throat> I used to love to watch Emeril and I used to love to watch Guy Ferry. Yeah. You know, with the car. Yeah, drive. diners, di yes. drive-ins, and dives. That's it. So this is the only two shows I used to watch. Now, I don't have time to watch TV anymore. But the funny part is I meet Emeril many times and come a lot at L'Atelier. It was, was interesting for me to meet this legend also. 
And yeah. um, Guy Ferry also, I met him one time in California. So, but it was very interesting and new for me when I came in America to watch this type of TV show because in France, it doesn't exist at this time. So, but no, now I don't uh, follow all this. Uh, I don't follow all this uh, celebrity chef, uh, TV show. I have my own concept of TV show. Maybe one day we can talk about that. But okay, well, maybe. I mean, I wanted to talk about this because, well, I've watched, I don't watch that much TV, but mm. I did watch, it's now season one and two are out. And it's really well done. Maddie Matheson, who's a chef who has restaurants in Toronto, he's an executive producer behind it. And the creator, Christopher Storer, his sister, Courtney Storer, has been working as culinary producer. And I actually met her in L.A. when I was there for the L.A. Chef Conference a few months ago and did a little interview on episode 374, if anyone wants to go back and hear my conversation with Courtney. Because between Courtney and Maddie, they're really the people who, um, their restaurant experience, they brought it to this TV show to make the filming of working in a restaurant and being a chef as real as possible. And from the take I've gotten from people I know in the industry and even my own is it's really well done and it does portray, I mean, of course you can criticize things and it's still TV, but it is really well done. It's intense and these actors are incredible. And Maddie gave this amazing speech last night. I saw that part and he thanked restaurants and he thanked the industry. And at the end he screamed, restaurants forever. He's got a big personality. I would look so I think it's a big thing for our industry. I'm so all in the hospitality industry like you are, yeah. but people who maybe aren't as familiar with what it's like to be a chef or a restaurant. And I think it's opening their eyes into like what, what it takes to be a chef and how hard it is. And so I think it's a big deal for the bear. And I think it's a big deal for the yeah. hospitality industry yeah. to be recognized by all these awards and there's probably going to be more so yeah. I mean when you see the TV show now <clears throat> I think they all the top chef all these things they give the wrong uh, I think they give the wrong view to be a chef you know like well top chef I think has done um, you know changed our industry in wonderful ways or just brought you know attention to chefs but I think one thing with some of these shows, like it's like people think you're going to go on the show or maybe you go on the show to become famous or to open your own restaurant and they're not like you've, you have so much experience and mm. some people going on shows now opening restaurants. Yeah. They want to don't. be, they want to be famous before they want to be chef. I think to be a chef, you need years yeah. and years and years and you need to learn every day. Like I'm 51 years old. I'm still learning every day, every day, every day. People want to be famous before they want to be a good chef, you know? And I think there's a lot of work behind that. Yeah. It's not just to be on the TV and uh, and 24 years old, you're a chef and blah, 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 blah. So I'm not very comfortable with this because I think they give the wrong perception to be a chef. And, but I mean, some of the young guys, they're very good also. So, and it's good, wow. it's good for the industry because yeah. they bring, they make us more uh, visible, you know? So all the shows yeah. are good, but I'm going to look the show you recommend. Yeah, I've like binge watched it. Right? It's it's a series. There's yeah. two two seasons now. So yeah, I think it's it's worth checking out. And I'm just happy, you know, congratulations to them. And we'll see what season three brings. And yeah, the lead actor, who is Jeremy Allen White, is also in this amazing campaign now with Calvin Klein. Like he's all over billboards and everywhere. And wow. he's... 
uh, that's yeah. If you're on social media, like last week, I think it was it was all over my feed. Um, he looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, congratulations to them, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's the bear. Okay, so it's time for my solo dining experience. So this week is at Automix. So here's the rundown. The location, 104 East 30th Street, New York, New York. The concept, new Korean cuisine. Auto stemming from the ancient Korean word for gift, showcasing innovative cuisine with New York as its stage. Automix is the follow-up of Auto Boy, which came from the chef and owners who are Chef Jung Young Park, or JP, and his wife, Elia Park, and they're a team together, a fabulous husband-wife team, and their restaurant group is Nyon Hospitality, which also includes Naro and Salon in New York City, all focused on Korean cuisine. JP also has a new cookbook out with my same publisher, Fiden, called The Korean Cookbook, and it's with, his co-author is Jung Yoon Choi, and I went to a launch party they did for the book at Naro. And I've been to all these restaurants of theirs as well. They're all awesome. So why'd I go? Well, I love JP and Elia. I was due to go back. Uh, I had been very early on to their restaurant when it opened in 2018. I sat downstairs and did their tasting menu and I wanted to go back because um, I hadn't been in a while and I wanted to experience the upstairs menu, which is their bar tasting. I hadn't had it before. And since JP and Elliot were going to be coming on my podcast soon, I thought, oh, this is a good time to go. So my experience, I made a reservation for one at the bar tasting. It's upstairs. There's only five seats. Uh, it's very intimate. And there's three people running show. There's the R&D chef, Ruben Hernandez. And then there's the beverage director who is Jason. I didn't get his last name. And there was another lovely woman running the hospitality, which is a fantastic trio. So I arrived. I happened to sit next to a woman that I knew and we're responding by email even that day, but we never met in person. And she was setting up a reservation for me at a restaurant that I'm going to mention later in the show. Um, so that was really cool. I spontaneously ended up sitting next to someone I knew and her husband. There was another couple there. And basically we had this tasting menu all together because there's five of us. And I did the non-alcoholic pairing. Everyone else had the alcoholic pairing, but the way Jason did the beverages, he presented them all to us and then explained my variation. And it was fantastic. And the whole meal was fantastic. It was innovative dishes, beautifully presented, nice chatting with them. It was very comfortable, yet like the most refined, elegant service at the same time. And I also mentioned, you know, with hospitality, when I sat down, since they'd been there before, it was a little note card welcoming me back. It's just little touches that really make a difference. For the bar tasting, they're doing dishes that are exclusive to the bar tasting menu. They use the, the concepts or the technique then to create different dishes maybe on the downstairs menu, but this was unique to itself. So there were about nine courses. Um, among them, I'll name a few, there was king crab, with smoked trout roe, dubu cream, and it was paired with an AMA brewing drink from the Basque country in Spain. There was also Maine lobster, which 
had cabbage, foie gras, varicose sauce, and that was paired with a cold brew shijak. It had chungju reduction and pickled habanada. There was a wagyu short ribs dish that had abalone and sungyi mushroom, and that was paired with wild pear Hangdong province that was from South Korea. I apologize for my pronunciation of these dishes, but it was all excellent. And at the end, there was dessert, the black matcha ice cream, stroop waffle, and charcoal. And it was paired with oat milk, black matcha, and cocoa nib, and matcha cream. So it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so that's my take. Beautiful presentations. Elia picks out the different bowls and plates and utensils that go with each dish and they're beautiful and the experience was lovely. Uh, the ambiance, so it's upstairs. It's a modern simplistic space. As I said, it has five seats, comfortable chairs, almost felt like you're in someone's bar or chef's counter in their home. Uh, perfect for treating yourself to something special. Interesting tidbit. So Adamix is currently ranked number eight on the world's 50 best restaurants, 2023. It also has two stars from the Michelin Guide and three stars from the New York Times. Personal fun fact. So JP is in my ChefWise book and I'm super excited because he's doing a collaboration dinner tonight and tomorrow actually. And I going, it's with Ricardo Camanini, the head chef of Lido 84 at Gardone Riviera in Italy, which is number seven on the world's 50 best list. And he's also in my book and I haven't met him before. I haven't had his food before. So um, I'm excited to go to that. And the cost of my meal for my solo dining experience with the bar tasting was $270. That's not including tax. And there was a $5 booking fee. Would I go back? Yes, of course. There's a reason that Automix has been on all these lists. So their website is automixnyc.com and Instagram is at, at automixnyc. So there you go. Um, Christoph, have you been to Automix or do you know JP and Elia? I've never been there, but uh, I believe they was here two times. Oh, that's nice. Yes. They're, in my opinion, good Good, good people. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. even my opinion. They're just good people. <laughs> 2024, so. I, will be, I will have more time to, to go out because the first year was crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you got to go to Automix. You got to watch TV, watch The Bear. I'm like giving you, giving you recreational things to do. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need to spend more time with my family also. First. And that too. Yeah. yeah. Not enough hours in the day. Okay, so it's time for the final question. So my next guest is chef and restaurateur Angelo Sosa of Cambara Restaurant at the award-winning luxury JW Marriott Phoenix Desert Ridge Resort and Spa in Phoenix, Arizona. As I alluded to in my solo dining experience, I was sitting next to his publicist at Automix, Emily, and I'm going to be going out to Phoenix to interview Angelo and go to his restaurant. Um, he at this restaurant is pulling inspiration from Chiang Mai to Tokyo to Penang and his travels around the world. Um, he worked in New York for a bit too, has a lot of restaurant experience. So Christoph, can you please ask a question for Angelo? Any question? Chef to chef. You would like to open the restaurant in New York one day? 
Okay. I'll find out. That's it. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Like, he's he's been here, but I don't know if they were, if he was the owner. He might have been, but we'll see if he'll okay. um, be coming coming back and doing that. Um, okay. That's great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Congratulations on all you've accomplished. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for your time. Thank and you. I look forward to all the wonderful things you do in the future and coming back because I'm I'm pretty close. I'm like, I'm almost in your neighborhood. I'm kind right. of like a neighborhood away. I'm pretty close. Okay. I'm by Columbus Circle. So oh. you're Upper West Side. Okay, okay. We're neighbors. We're neighbors. I'm, I, I, I need to come back more. No problem. You're so, welcome all the time. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank you. My guest today has been Christoph Belanca, the executive chef and owner of Michelin starred Essential by Christoph, his debut restaurant on the Upper West Side in Manhattan. His website is essentialbychristoph.com. His Instagram is at Christoph underscore Belanca, and the restaurant is at Essential by Christoph. My Instagram is at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer.com, and AllInTheIndustry.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check out my new book, ChefWise, Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden, now available wherever books are sold. Thanks to my engineer today, Armin. Thanks again to Christoph and his awesome publicist, Pipa of Becca PR. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer. I will be back with a new show next week. Till then, stay safe and well, and thank you as always for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.